All right, everybody. This is Coach Jerry here with Biohacking Truth, and welcome to the Sovereign Mind, Body, and Soul podcast. And uh, for those of you that don't know, I created this podcast to share my heart and soul. And uh, just like just like it was very tough for me to come up with a brand for this podcast, a description for this podcast, a name for this podcast, uh, it, it's very difficult for me to describe what it is I do with people, right, mm -hmm. Cheryl? <laughs> we were just talking about that because there's so much that it's goes into everything. Yeah, there's so much that goes into one becoming healthy and, and at their optimal state of being. And um, But what that equals when you do receive that, when you do tap into that, what that equals is sovereignty. Right. Free. Yeah. And uh, Cheryl's going to talk a lot today. And, and one of the themes that will likely come up is the stop signs. And um, and she just put that right on the head. That's a term she came up with that just resonates with me, the stop signs in our life. And when we're able to remove those stop signs and we can find sovereignty in our health and we become sovereign, we can individuate. When we individuate, we're no longer attached mm -hmm. to the beliefs of our parents. Of or our wherever coaches. they came from, generations, I think, some of them. Totally. Where did they come from? And so that's why I started this podcast, to share the secrets about health and fulfillment and longevity and, and, and fitness and all that good stuff. And the truth about the world we're living in, as I see it. So that's why I created this podcast. And um, a big benefit to being on this podcast is I get to share some of the most wonderful stories from the most wonderful people. And today is one of those days. Um, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Cheryl Drake. Cheryl Drake and I have known each other for, what, six months? Yep. About yep. six months. Um, but we've traveled millions of miles. We've traveled millions of ethereal miles together in this office. Mm -hmm. This office has got a lot of yep. stories. Um, but Cheryl, uh, it's been a pleasure working with you and getting to know you and watching the monumental quantum leaps <sighs> that you've that you've that you've experienced in the last six months. So to give you guys a little bit of background, um, Cheryl first reached out to me about six months ago. And Cheryl reached out because she wanted to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And it took a few emails to get Cheryl in the <laughs> office for the consultation. And if I remember the refrain of the last email before we met, uh -huh. it was one of Okay, yes, 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 yes. I want to do this. I want to do this. But, but, but. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. And um, I don't make promises, but I do remember. No, but you heard me. Yeah. I do remember promising that, Cheryl, it'll be fun. Mm -hmm. It'll be fun. Oh, yeah. And um, I didn't sweat. And it wasn't scary. It no. wasn't scary. So, um, so it's my pleasure to introduce Cheryl Drake. I call her Ducky. Um, <laughs> yeah. Drake. Duck. Miyagi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She called me Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> So we got nicknames for each other. But so Cheryl, you came in initially on that consultation mm -hmm. and you came in looking for weight loss. Correct. And through the course of that, we started discussing some of the things that you had been already putting in play right. to source these answers. And and Cheryl was in the middle of a seeking journey when she oh, came in. Severely. So very, very much interested in in sourcing the root cause of, of what had been yeah. ailing you. And at that point, I believe you were just finished up seeing a gait specialist. Yep. Um, you've been uh, hospitalized for years with nausea and vomiting. And yeah. And who else was on your dream team at that time? Um, Michelle Moles. We had Michelle Moles and then Harvest Wellness came in too. Harvest Wellness came yep. in. So, um, and we'll talk about the Harvest Wellness yeah. experience. If you guys are in Missoula, Montana, Harvest Wellness is a new 
um, business here in town that is dedicated to helping people find divergent solutions to, and I'm not speaking for them, this is just my interpretation, find divergent solutions to sourcing some of the some of the deep-seated shadow issues that we all have. Yeah. And they do that through doctor-assisted ketamine therapy. And from what I've witnessed, it seems to be a very moving and beneficial experience mm -hmm. from what I've seen. So Cheryl, if we can go back to that initial consultation. At that time, you thought you needed weight loss. Mm -hmm. And you walked in and within a matter of minutes, the, the conversation quickly shifted. Yep. So what was going through your mind through the course of maybe that meeting or right when you walked out as you're like, oh, shnikes, we're going to do this? You know, I think it was because of the unknown. It was coming to, um, I think you had said it in one of the ads I saw that making this investment in yourself, how um, important that was. And um, I didn't know how to do that. And so it was all just a big mystery on what you did. And so Still but is. I was so desperate to leave where I was because it yeah. was so dark and I was so sick. Yeah. And um, so um, having somebody encourage and not, I mean, cause you didn't even, you didn't even go there with the weight at first. It was um, body awareness, I think is what we decided on. Sure. And um, it was, it wasn't anything like I planned. It was more such a spiritual journey of, um, I felt my hands for the first time. I've um, slowly, I remember you asking me one time when I was doing squats and you said, where do you feel that? And I'm like, I think I feel it where my butt should be. <laughs> and so it's just been slowly um, because you took the time and you um, catered to where I was spiritually yeah. and physically. Um, it let me go slow enough for, so for me, it was the first time I think of my life ever having the chance to build any kind of core or structure because I didn't feel anything. And so mm -hmm. with the exercises that you gave me, it so incorporated relaxation along with um, energizing, yeah. but it slowed the world down yeah. and um, allowed me to start to feel things. Like I would just jump around doing aerobics and all this stuff that I've done for years, but I never knew what a muscle was. Yeah. And you made it okay at 55. To, yeah. <laughs> did I say 55? I'm 45. But um, yeah, you made it okay to ask questions. And I don't know. I don't think if I had just gone a physical fitness trainer, I don't think I would have had the resources I did with you. Sure, sure. Now, one of the things I, I'll never forget is I've never quite had a gait analysis like I had with you. Yeah. Um, so part of my assessment process is, is assessing gait and obviously the importance of that shows us, you know, what micro movements through the infant development process that, that we could work on. And with Cheryl, it wasn't so much that she had an improper gait, but there was very much this guarded oh, totally. where uh, what I got in my, the, the overwhelming download I got mm -hmm. was, um, she doesn't trust her legs. She doesn't trust her foundation Absolutely. and her stability. So what was walking like for you six months ago? It was so wobbly. Um, like I rode a motorcycle and they always explain when you're riding a motorcycle, you don't look at the ground because that's where you're going to go. Mm -hmm. 
And that's all I did. I mean, I was looking at the ground because I didn't feel where my, my, I didn't trust my feet would be able to feel. And they didn't, yeah. they honest to God didn't. Yeah. And so um, I remember when you were testing me initially doing the our consultation and you had me squat and you asked me why I couldn't go further. And I just went, I don't know. And then you had me take the time to feel safe. And I went, what? And then the results were so much different. Yeah. And it was like, holy cow. So yeah, that's so much played into it. And I'd never had the time or the patience um, or, or I was just so lost. I was so stuck in trauma all my life that um, I wish I could have had this opportunity years ago because it's turned life into an everyday adventure. I'm trying to hunt out another shadow, hunt down another um, false core, another false belief. Yeah. And it's so freeing. I'm throwing stop signs out by the pounds. Yeah. And if you guys, so guys remember what we talked about in the first, she was so scared. He didn't want to address mm -hmm. these things. And that mimics, that mimics the, the stance of, of most people. It's, you know, I don't know what it is within us. I'm sure if we chopped it up, we could figure it out, but there's something within us that makes us not want to look at those shadows. And mm -hmm. when you do it properly, it can be fun. Oh, it is. It's we like can, a treasure hunt. Yeah, we gamify it. We make it a fun thing. And then when you do uncover it and you do source it and you do knock all the dust off it and see what it really is, you literally can't do anything but laugh. No, it is absolutely hysterical. And it's <laughs> it's amazing how common it is. Like I can be hanging out with somebody for the afternoon and just kind of explain the whole stop sign issue and it's amazing how we will be in conversation and they stop me and they're like, Cheryl, stop sign, stop sign. And yeah. it just is such a beautiful pause to take whatever that ideology was, whether it was a prejudice, a fear, whatever, to actually take that sign and kind of hold it up biblically and see where it belongs. And so many nine out of 10 don't belong anywhere. Right. Right. And how many of those did you manufacture yourself? Oh, yeah. All of them. Yeah. Every single one of them. Out of? Billions. Yeah. yeah. Billions. But what, 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 what emotion was driving it? Fear. Yeah. Absolute fear. And I think um, it feels like almost so many people have been lost in, um, with my PTSD. Um, that's one thing we went through was how COVID, even if you didn't have PTSD, you do now probably. And so it's been so yeah. interesting for me yeah. to see people entering my world. And it's mm. like, don't go there. It's so not, it, it, those are just fears. Yeah, We're all still here. We're all still in the same, but I see so many people that were like me and that were checked out. I never expected to go back to the box in second yeah. grade that I was still with. We got to talk about the box. I was kept in a box in second grade. Wait, hold on. Let's pause. Yeah. Let's pause. Let's not, pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll pause. segue into that. Okay. Um, but you brought up something that that you know we've we've spoke about at length, and and what you just mentioned is is the dynamic that you by individuating the dynamic that you were able to flip was the fear, right? Yeah. And the fear was was driving you, and not only was the fear driving you, we thought that that was objective reality, right? But 
the awareness that, oh, A, the fear is driving me, but B, mm -hmm. I'm being driven by someone else's fear. Exactly. And someone else's lack of attunement to their own false cores, their own self-image and identity issues. And once you realize that, and you, then you're then not you worried about that. Then you go on the intentional side. Curses. Yeah. I always thought you took what life handed to you. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's so not, I lived all of life in reaction. The cafeteria. Sitting and waiting instead of going. Yeah. We call that the cafeteria mindset where life is a menu. This is the life I want. This is the purpose that, that, that has been given to me from the most high. This is my, these are my values surrounding all of that. And this is my plan of action. This is how I'm going to make it manifest. And when we're aware of that and we're aware of our false core drivers and we're aware of our mm -hmm. emotional drivers, we see that in others. And when we have achieved that level of individuation, then instead of adopting someone else's fear, someone else's insecurity and saying, maybe I should be more scared. Maybe I should be more. Insecure, right. Right. We get to say, oh, we get to have compassion mm -hmm. and we get to see where they just haven't you know, they have room to grow and, and we'll assume that they are on the growth path. And I think we're all trying to get rid of our stop signs all the time because we don't know what they are. Yeah, right, right. And so that's been the other awareness is how many people are afraid around me. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. It's What's very scary all about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, well, Sherry's got this dream team. Yeah. <laughs> she's got this dream team and she's got a, you know, they're all licensed and amazing and doctorated and, Great people. I've, you know, I've met a lot of them and great people, but there's some of them that just get a little nervous yeah. about what we do. And yeah. um, guys, I don't, I don't do anything I shouldn't no. do. I don't diagnose. We've, back, don't... we've talked probably more than I do in most Bible studies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. This is what it's been is mainly um, it's been as equal physical as spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like, what is it? What is a what is a human being? Right? Yeah. What mind, body, soul. And how the whole world, once you learn and you find yourself, how um it's so exciting to try to take on to the world. I mean, because things that you've done for 30 years, you walk up to and you're like, I'm just gonna step over here. Look at it from over here. Never seen it like that. Yeah. That was not a mountain, that was a picture of a mountain. Yeah, we and I was afraid of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't understand it. We think we no. see the whole picture, right? We can look mm -hmm. at a tree, think we see the tree, yeah. but the majority of that tree is underground, you know, where uh, the nervous system of that tree is underground and everything that, that really is that tree is underground and we don't see it, but we think we see the tree. So I, I want to get into the deathbed scenario that 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 was your wake-up call mm -hmm. that, that created this awakening in you. And But before that, I want to rewind a little bit and... Uh, we all have we all have stories in our past that, you know, add trauma to our lives, but some are like objectively traumatic that would be traumatic for anybody mm -hmm. and that box. So the box, I want you to tell the story about the box. And then I want to also bring up a recent example, you know, at the Forest Service days. Yeah. Yeah. So the Forest Service days, the box, all this ties in, guys. Cheryl, tell us about the box. What's the box all about? So when I was in second grade, um, I was, for some reason, put in an electrical box with another kid. And um, behavioral issues, I don't I don't know. We, I, that was, you know, second grade. And I always, and I remember telling you, Jerry, that I remembered how miserable and sad the box was. Because I would have to watch 
class parties, everybody else having fun inside the box. And so I thought I'd just move past that, you know, because it was just miserable. Yeah. And then um, come to find out, oh, I liked the box. Oh, I liked the box a lot. In fact, I decorated the box and um, hide in the box. Mm-hmm. And so it was so much of everything I was hiding in the box. How did the box uh, allow you to interact with the world? It allowed me to hide from not only the world, it um, was for myself. Mm-hmm. So any um, commitment attempts would be like, I was going here and hide. I'll go in here and have a cigarette. Mm-hmm. I'll go in here and I can eat this cake and nothing's going to happen because it's inside my box. Right. But, it's, but it wasn't real. But in my mind, there was no separation. So it was like constantly throwing me between two complete different worlds. So I was always living in complete conflict. Yeah. So I would say that's a force disassociation mm-hmm. where you are chronically put in a position to dissociate from your environment. Yeah. It was too painful. Yeah. So, yep. And so we're going to, we'll take that back to the initial meeting. Can't feel the legs. Mm-hmm. Can't feel my, my gluteus maximus. Uh, I don't know why I can't squat that low. Oh, all right. Well, let's picture feeling safe. Oh, now I can squat lower. Yeah. So yeah. obviously, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I don't do any diagnosing, but if we had to guess, I would say there might be a reasonable um, conclusion that kinesthetic amnesia would be mm-hmm. something worth looking into. And kinesthetic amnesia is when we don't, we disassociate from parts of our body and whatever you want to call it, that was happening. Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And, um, we'll which is crazy because I've struggled with severe back pain all my life, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but that was the only thing I did feel because it was the only thing that I had really experienced through feel. Yeah. Yeah. Was the back. Pain. Yeah. Was the back pain. And so that's all it was, was constant back pain, constant back pain. And that back pain. So little, don't want to get too deep in the nuance and, and, and lose the essence of this talk. But um, one of the one of the explanations behind why Cheryl's protocols have been so effective is because where she chose to dissociate from her body was in her what we call the root area. Um, mm-hmm. Eastern philosophy would call it your root chakra. Um, for those of you that think that stuff's woo woo or 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 uh, off-putting or scary or whatever you want to call it. It's um, I know, but whatever you think it is, if that, if you don't like that word chakra, then colors, you know, <laughs> uh, that is your area of safety and stability and security. So, um, so being dissociated on purpose, forced dissociation, obviously you're not feeling safe and secure. So Cheryl had dissociated from the area of her body that gives her the feedback of safety, security, stability. Mm -hmm. And the area that she was experiencing the back pain was above that. It was up in her area uh, of her sense of self and her sense of creativity and energy. It was somewhere in between those two zones. So, yeah. And then looking at your Enneagram chart, her personality chart, (laughs) right? Which is personality is, you know, what are basically one of our soul, part of our soul's toolkits to get its needs met. And um, there's, it, it's deep, but it's so true. It's deep, but we found in Cheryl's personality chart 
that that is also something that she that 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 mimics that mimics her pattern there. Yep. Where it's, I like to escape through doing yep. and do things and keep myself busy and excited. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly where that area was manifesting pain. So she was stuck in her area of oh, I was so stuck. safety, security, Stop right? Signs. So what did she do? She opens up the area of doing and creating yeah. with beads and crafts and, and, you know, and, and expressing herself in whatever way she can. And so because her area, her foundational area was stuck and blocked, yeah, she was overexpressing that. And that's where the pain manifested. Mm -hmm. Now it manifested in a physical place, but we sourced it through the spiritual exactly. and self work. Exactly. Right? And this is why this it's is all got to go together. That's what's been so, it that's why to. it's so hard to say what you do. Because that's how it showed up. That's yeah. how it showed up. Yes. And this is why we are experiencing a, con a complete constant chronic degradation in our health, in our fulfillment, mm -hmm. and in the results that we receive when we finally do decide to take action is because people are not connecting all the dots and no. putting all the pieces together. Why? Well, I don't have a doctorate in this, and I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a this. I'm not a that. Well, whatever you are, if you're guiding people, find a way that you can guide them through mind, body, and soul whatever that means to you and whatever that looks like to you. In other words, if you're using that, if someone is coming up to you as a, as a coach or a mm -hmm. trainer or a therapist or, or a practitioner of some sort, and you're, let's say you're a hip guy, you do hips, but you're really happy and put together, which is why you were attractive to that patient. But in order to show up that way, you are waking up and you are set, saying your prayers, you're setting your intentions, you're drinking your mm -hmm. water, you're getting sunlight, you're moving. Um, you're eating good food. You're living your life with intention. And your client shows up or your patient shows up. And the whole reason why their hip hurts is because they're not doing any of those things. But all you work on is their hip. Nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And if anybody out there has a story like that and wonders why nothing's happening, that's why. And it's even worse because it's that um, it reinforces that um, negative expectation of failure. Just another failure. Yeah, or, or or even worse, maybe, is this is as good as it's going to get. That's exactly. We'll keep you out of pain until we confuse your discs, right? But this might be a total situation that came because in seventh or second grade, I was locked in a box. Yeah. And how do we know that's still affecting Cheryl? Well, Cheryl showed me a picture of of an event she was doing this summer. And Cheryl does a lot of volunteering and we're gonna talk more about that. But Cheryl shows me this picture. I'm in my happy place. Mm -hmm. And all I see in the picture is a Smokey the Bear outfit and a Woody the Owl. Woodsy the Owl. Woodsy yep. the Owl. And I was like, where's Cheryl? Yeah, I didn't even think about it. So Cheryl was just, ah, oh, this is my happy place. So when we met the following week, I was, uh, I don't remember if you brought it up or I brought you it up. You did. Okay, so I said, is there anything about that that reminds you of the box? Yeah. And it was like, woo. So. Didn't even tie it. So in, in between the time you were first put in that metal box until the woodsy suit this last summer, how often did you visit that, make that correlation, or even realize that it was still Not affecting you or you were leaning on that box still? Not. I thought I hated the box, and so I had left it behind. What was the realization I love the box and I love to hide. Yeah. And so I that was the biggest realization was I never expected to 
see that I had decorated my that box and made it so comfy and cozy. And literally I was like, looked at it and I went, that's my life. <gasps> but, and that's always what it was. I felt like I had those contradictions of life and I didn't know why I always, and then I can look at that now in my son and see that that was just behavior I passed on. Yeah. And he does the same thing. Yep. Carl Jung says we are met with the unmet tasks of our parents. Yeah. We are burdened with the unmet tasks of our parents. So whatever your parents' issues are, you're probably still dealing with them. Don't curse them for them. Love them for it because we have no idea what they healed before they yeah, passed exactly. those issues Exactly. Um, we're all human and we're all just trying to do our best. Um, so we fast forward past the Woody suit and the strategy of putting yourself in that box unconsciously your whole life. Yeah. Puts you in a scenario well, about a year and a half ago where you're on your deathbed hospice, mm -hmm. like hospice care guys. This is where Cheryl was. I was looking for hospice looking and I hospice. couldn't even get hospice because they couldn't come up with a diagnosis. And without a diagnosis, you can't qualify for hospice. So uh, I couldn't even die. That D word again, that D word again. Right. So this dissociative tendency, mm -hmm. right. We might even call it a trance that, that she was in, um, led to the ultimate rock bottom. And in that, in that moment, that box that that teacher put Cheryl in made her want to go into the next box, which is yeah. in the other realm. That's exactly. There's no box. That and you I get could out of feel that I, when I was so sick, I could feel that I would go away and I would just put myself in the safe place. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what and, I would do. And at that point, you know, it's, it's very easy to think, I just go want to, I just want to go be with the Lord. Yeah. And yeah. So miserable and so sick and so misled and not listened to um, by a lot of the medical community I'd gone to. It was, um, they did, it was just um, confusing to them because they couldn't find the physical point for it when it ended up being trauma. Yes. Yeah, a spiritual, yeah. spiritual wound. And I mean, for you and I working together, um, I don't know if I can talk about the low blood sugar attacks now. But you talk the whatever, trembling, whatever you want, because we never diagnosed one thing. <laughs> has um, been the biggest problem because I remember when we were doing those initial squats, feeling that trembling. And I remember you caught it and you said, let it out. Just let the tremble go. And it was like, but that's why I would stop because I felt like I was going into a low blood sugar attack. And this is since I was young, young, young. And my parents would just throw a bag of candy at me and we would, I would eat the candy. And then of course I would like drop way down. Sure. I thought, well, that's because of the sugar. No, because still after we started working together and we doing the breathing, I thought I am going to wait because I looked down and I saw my knees trembling and I went, Maybe that is body memory. Maybe you are onto something. So what would happen if I try to breathe through this? And it worked. Did it work better than sugar? Oh, 100%. I was still exhausted afterwards, but I know why. Because yeah. I was drenched in sweat. And it wasn't until you and I, when I was stretching that first time, and you told me how hot the muscles can get with the trauma. And it was like, I don't know how many friends of mine, but I know I've gone through a lot of trauma and myself do those uncontrollable hot sweaty yeah. bouts and yeah. it's triggering that's yeah. just all it is and to find my breath was the biggest gift i could have ever 
I never knew when people would be like, okay, do this exercise. And I'm like, do you breathe in now or out or in now? And so I wasn't even breathing because to let somebody hear me breathe would was so hard to control because I'd have to keep that breathing even when I was suffocating because we just walked up a mountain and it's perfectly normal to breathe heavy. I would be doing it under control. And so everything had been holding on that breath yeah. and that's all I was supported by. Yep. Yep. It's like uh, your breath is like your, your spiritual heartbeat. Yes. And um, you know, it's no secret if anybody's watched any of my content, what I feel about the state of, of the care of individuals in this country. And, and I think it's, it's appalling and it's, it's abusive really. I mean, and I will say that objectively. I was actually told um, right before I was treated, right before like was blessed with this miracle is um, Cheryl quit wasting the medical resources in Missoula. There's nothing that can be done for you. Wow. Wow. And this was by a PhD mm -hmm. doctor mm -hmm. went to school for how many years mm -hmm. lives in what kind of a house buys what kind of a car. Um, and so not to beat up on the, on the, on the medical industry, because it's not about the individuals within the industry. No, but it's our open, we need to open our minds to that Correct. alternative because nothing has worked. Correct. And just because they're a doctor doesn't mean they don't have an ego. Right. And or their own stop signs that they their don't own know. Stop signs and, and their own dogmas. And I don't care if he's got a doctor or she's got a doctor. I don't care. If what they're telling you is incorrect, it's incorrect. And I don't care if it's a garbage man or a physical therapist or a holistic health coach or somebody working at the gas station. Mm -hmm. If they tell you something that's true, that can benefit you. Who cares where it comes from? Right. Who cares where it comes from? And that's where, that's where we get into the spirituality of it all. And we can take a look at any belief system and they all pretty much say something similar to this, which is what are you guided by? Yep. And um, if I'm being guided by the doctor, I'm not being guided by my soul. Am I? No. And that's what I don't, that was the biggest thing was I couldn't hear that voice or I never did hear that voice inside. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. yeah. And so now there's that conflict, more of the conflict gone because that voice needed to come out. Right. Right. And, and it's what some people would call like the inner child. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I hesitate to use that terminology and I've got my own reasons. Um, I prefer age regression. Um, mm -hmm. And I've got a lot of reasons for it, but that's just my thing. If inner child's your thing, by all means, if it works for you, use it. Um, but Cheryl's Cheryl's age regression uh, would always seem to put her in a in a space where you needed to seek safety. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, your your definition of safety lied within a box somewhere. Mm -hmm. But you, when you came out of the when you came out of the the health situation, mm -hmm. and you were curious that 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 was an awakening that led to seeking. Amazing. And so what, what was it within you that said, there's got to be a different answer. There's got to be a better way. I didn't have a choice. My choice was death. And it wasn't just that my physical body had been failing. It had gone on so long. Um, my spiritual for the first time um, out of nowhere, a suicide just started ringing mm. just out of nowhere. Mm. And it was constant. It was so constant. And then that mixed with the health failing. I was so bankrupt. There was, um, I knew the only other way. And then when I was able to feel my hands for the first time, I'm like, wait a minute, maybe there's something more to this. And I think that's when I saw your first ad. Yeah. 
And it was like, you know, I was always too embarrassed um, at 55 to go, I don't know how, I don't think I've ever developed a muscle. Yeah. You know, but you made that so easy and there was no condemning for it. There was no, um, in fact, it was met with such excitement. It just kind of turned mine into more excitement. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you saw me, you took the time to, to, to see me. And I mean, I don't think you can ever find that unless you spend the time with people. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual um, exercise for me as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I, maybe that's why I love it so much. Yeah. And um, to be able to take some, somebody that's, that's, you know, 60 years old or nearing yeah. 60 and, and to see something light up in their face, just like a kid who got their first ice cream cone. It literally is. That's what it was like. Literally. Yeah. I mean, literally I'm getting a chance to do it over. It's just amazing. And it's like a scavenger hunt every day. <laughs> and if you get something that bothers you, it's like, let's look at it. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Let's look at it. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, well, you're not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and guys, one thing that you probably picked up about Cheryl is she's got a very infectious personality. So Cheryl's not the type mm -hmm. that's going to just work on something and nobody's going to know what she's doing. No. And no, and it's beautiful. And it's... so Cheryl is the type, this is, this is why it's so important that we find out what our purpose is and, and that we actually actively pursue it because without doing so yeah. happiness, fulfillment, I'm not going to say it's impossible. It's but... not fulfilled though. Yeah, it's correct. Always lacking. Correct. There will always be that lack. And I believe that's a design within us. Mm -hmm. um, but Cheryl, can you share some of the, some of the stories and reactions you've had from people as you've, as you've gone through the, cause I can, I know, I know what I see now compared to what I saw in August. Right. And I could just imagine the people that are in the office with you every day. Um, all the people at the homeless camp where you spend a lot of your time. Mm -hmm. So what's been some of the feedback that you've received um, from people about your journey? You know, for those that knew me for a long time, I think it was frightening for them because they didn't know where I was going. Like your counselors? Yeah, and <laughs> you know, and it was like that fear of because somebody's happy all of a sudden that we should be worried. So it was almost like it really pointed out other people's stop signs and my own about the fear of being even happy. Mm -hmm. That's so selfish. Yeah. You know, and so um, there was that. There was a lot of fear. I got a lot of fear. You're really careful. Yeah. Um, From people with doctorates. Yes. Yeah. But then I realized it's almost like they're handing you a popsicle stick at their stop sign. And it's yeah. like, we weren't meant to live in fear. Right. Fear's a lie. So how can it run so many things? And so it was like dots just getting put together, you know, and yeah. playing the matching game. And for me, it was like a lifetime of those contradictions because I wouldn't listen to myself because I was told out other otherwise on the outside. And so, and life had to keep going. So I would just crumble those up in a ball and I would just stuff it in my gut. Sure. And after 55 years of stuffing it in my gut, I couldn't eat anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was just, everything had stopped. Yeah. Her body had gotten to a point where it didn't want to consume anymore. Nope. My brain, um, Dr. Levine said that my brain had quit communicating with my stomach. Yep. 
and it was turned on high, which is crazy because now that's as things turn vagic, on, that's called a that's a polyvagic response. And it took so extreme much polyvagic get to that point because it was like, is it your vagal nerve? Is it this? If it's that, it's central sensitization. What beautiful is about what we've done is um, we went there. But we went there by actively seeking out my stopping, my stop signs. Uh, I totally didn't understand when you were saying, what are those expectations that hold you back? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and now it's like when you kind of feel yourself pause and instead of taking that conflict and bundling it up and sticking it inside, you can like rationally just look at it. Yeah. Take a look at it, look at the paper, yeah. put a magnifying glass on it, right? Yeah. Instead of just crumpling and putting it away. Exactly. Or you're going to store it. And more and more, it's okay that my gut instinct was correct. Right. right. Which has never, never, ever, right. ever been. We don't trust our instinct. Nope. And we developed this strategy to interact with the world to protect our psychological needs. Yep. Right. What we talked about, our false core. Right? Totally. I was faking it. Faking it. And well, it's because this is what we do. Right. And why do we think that? Well, it's the signals we get from other people. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we don't realize, this is a big dynamic. Right. And Alan Watts fans will, will love this. Oh, yeah. Right. It's a game. We're all playing this game yes. and we're all trying to pretend that we've got the game figured out. But we know deep inside we don't have the game figured out. But that guy looks like he's got it figured out. Yes. And so what's that guy want from yes. me? Yes. And so we, we're like. We're trying to emulate people, whether it be celebrities or pastors or uh, actors or, you know, uh, 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 your father, your mother, like whoever it is. There's someone in your life that's, that's really directly influencing you in a way. Yet that person more than likely has no clue what they're about. They have right. no clue what their purpose is. They have no clue what their triggers mean. And no I think once again, I think that adds to our incompleteness and feeling because that's not the answer. Whereas um, if that person is kind of aware of their own core and their own issues, it's just um, amazing to see what the whole PTSD and the um, trauma when I first went to the shelter, because literally if I've lived this way for 56 years and I thought I was living a perfectly normal life, yeah, then how do those people at the shelter know any different? Yeah. And it's our trauma that connects us all. It's, and it's the wisdom and the trauma. It's our big connection. Yeah. And the amazing thing is I've shared every bit of this journey with them. And um, it would be so amazing to get this just in a part of normal education. It really, it, I mean, like, oh my God, teach kids how to relax and process. Right. Figure and out Figure out who you are. Instead of learning to Western dance, maybe, right. you know? Right. Um, if we had had any of that, it would have been so amazing. But it's also so hopeful because whereas medically I felt like there was no end, there was no answer. Not only do I feel like there's an answer here, but then you fly with other people and you share it with other people. It's not meant to be um, the big selling point. It's not everybody needs to come by Jerry. Yeah. Because you're sharing this with people just every day in your life. Yeah, it's not some little secret gem hidden no. under a rug in a covenant where it's like you've got to say this password and get in and do this. Exactly. You know, that's not, that doesn't resonate with anybody. And that is something that is, is the pilot light for that type of stuff, that extreme, 
like it's it's almost taken on this like esoteric approach. It has. It's like we're gonna make it so daggum confusing that there's no way that you're gonna understand what you're believing in, but you better believe in it. Yep. Uh, but I, I firmly believe that that's not that's not what was really intended with any religious or, be- or no. spiritual belief system. That's no, because I think sense. for you and I, that was the biggest thing is you had to totally change my whole workout. So I wouldn't overthink it because we will yeah. complicate everything, every single thing, every single thing is from spirituality to health to whatever. Like, why do we have to go to Bible study every week? Why do we have to go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday? Um, you know, why is that a thing is because, well, stop signs what is the stop sign yes. the stop sign is exactly showing you where you have lost faith because the stop yes. sign is a signal of your fear your don'ts your stops you know don't proceed caution mm-hmm. and that is rooted in fear and where there is fear there is no faith right and the reason why that we have to in my opinion keep immersed in whatever belief system we have it's not about honoring that belief. It's not staying in touch with that belief. That's what the intention is. Right. But that's not what I see people doing in practice. What I see people doing in practice is being scared to death yep. of going to hell, right? Mm-hmm. Or reincarnating on this on this plane again and not reaching nirvana, what, what have you. It's, it's based in fear and without the realization that, look, if you're scared, what are you being guided by? And if you don't know, that's the answer. It doesn't yes. need to be any more simple than that. Be guided by your soul, your Holy Spirit, and move towards your purpose. And you are doing what you were put here to do. There's and it's to all so together because the body awareness, the purpose. The values. The va- yeah, the values, the openness yeah. um, is just like, it's nothing I ever had. It was literally taking my life from flat and black and white to 3D and colorful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's that uh, I just can't believe that I felt like life had to be black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we live in a we live in a 3D world. We read a 2D book to figure out how to enrich our fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh dimension body. Yeah. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. We use a two-dimensional book to learn how to navigate a three-dimensional body mm-hmm. to enhance our fourth, fifth, seven, sixth, seventh, all the way to the eleventh dimension spiritual body. This is why so much stuff doesn't make sense to people. This is why yeah. so much of it is confusing, or why a piece of it is. But I'm going to reserve this over here because that doesn't yeah. feel. Yeah, it, you just feel it now. Like when people say the Bible contradicts itself. Yeah, I say, look, you might be able to find some words that contradict each other, but that essence of that book does not contradict itself. Exactly. And if we are following the essence of that book, then you don't need to read it ever again. Exactly. You live it. <laughs> you live it. You Quit talking absolutely. and you live it and living it out in a body that feels is the most exciting right. thing I've ever been through in my life. And if you're not feeling Mm-hmm. or you're not thinking, or yes. you're not intuiting, you are not using your own personal holy trinity, which is your your thoughts, your emotions, and your intuition. All three of those combined create um, a true intuitive body, one that can access the communication methods mm-hmm. 
with the creator. Exactly. Without those, we cannot have that. And if I were the devil, I would create this world that made you think that God was all about mm -hmm. condemnation, yep. and fear, and you're a bad person. And, and I'm not trying to piss on any of the dogma or beliefs that anyone has. It's not what I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not arguing with that people are born with sin and that you need breath into your soul. I'm not arguing with any of that. I don't have an argument for it. But let's look at the essence of the book. If we want to manifest that Christ consciousness, if mm -hmm. we want to truly live the path that we say we are here to live. And Cheryl and I, we both got stories and, um, you know, of, of people that, that are standing on top of the pulpit and, and, and speaking every week. And when confronted and when challenged about their own faith, they fail miserably. Fail miserably. And they disconnect. They disconnect. They judge. They condemn. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying this is the archetype of... of no, but you can feel their absolute fear in that. Correct. Correct. And I'm not saying this is what the pastoral body is right. in the world, but I'm saying they do exist. And if we outsource our spiritual health, our, our relationship with whatever we find divine, if we outsource that, that is why we need to pick up a book and read a couple pages to feel... Okay. I was going to say, don't you, uh, if for me, it's so easy for me to correlate that with actually feeling my, my body physically. Yeah. If you're not really feeling it, then it's empty. Right. Right. And, and how much more powerful is that compared to like a passage in the Bible or the oh, Tao yeah. Te Ching or, um, you know, uh, uh, the taking your time with a total stranger going and sitting down at the welfare office for three hours today. Yeah. Yeah. But to have somebody go, this is a miracle. I just needed one person to help. Right, right. And what Cheryl and so being there, feeling that spirituality comes right there with the body. And I think with the trauma, it was so easy to check out for so long and just fit in like everybody else and just Yeah. And 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 our bodies are temple. Mm -hmm. And we hear that, but do we understand that? No. Nope. Do we resonate with that? Do we immerse ourselves and associate with that? Well, if we take a look around, guys, like, and this isn't to bash anybody, but how many people are out there following their Holy Spirit, yet their body is a complete dumpster fire? And when that, when you realize that that is your vessel to communicate, mm -hmm. that is your vessel to communicate with the divine, to just totally hit the mute button on the lifeline that you have. Yep says everything we need to know about how dedicated you truly are to this process. In other words, that might be in psychobabble. We can boil that down to emotional eating. Someone's emotionally eating because something isn't going right in their life and blah, 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 fill in the blank. But what is it really? Right. They are avoiding fear. Yep. Fear is the absence of what? Faith. Faith right. And this person might be on top of a pulpit giving people spiritual life advice. Mm -hmm. And here we are. So we see this quite often, and I, I feel I feel kind of bashy today. I feel like I'm bashing on medical people. I feel like I'm bashing on... But it's not but. because I think that it's just an overall, I feel it all the time. It's hysterical. I get it a couple times a day. Be careful. Yeah, be careful. Because I'm, I'm like, scared. You be yes, careful because I'm that's scared. exactly. And so, like, my almost my intuition is, do you need a hug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, it is such a deep fear for them that they have to share it. And if you're not taking it, then... That invalidates who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we are. 
50 years ago, you're in a box. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, that box and the strategies that that box created put you near death. Yep. You had a shitter. Didn't even know it. You had a shitter get off the pot moment, and you decided to get off the pot and seek. And not only seek, I, I wanted trueness. Yeah. You know, something that's always been important to the way I'm treated, and I try to treat people as that honesty. Yeah. And I didn't have any of that with myself, and it hurt too bad to be to look in the mirror. I remember your ad saying something about I can make anybody love themselves in the mirror, and I was like, <laughs> and then it's like, um, yeah, it just to feel different is. Yeah, working out is different. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I get the colors going yeah. and the music, and it's like I never would have thought that that was behind. I thought you had to be like pumping the weights. I thought that's what we were going to do. You were going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not at all. It's been the most gentle, but yet deepest approach I've ever taken. But I don't think if you take that other than gentle, I don't think you'll ever find it because. It is so based in fear. Right, right. And the body, when the body's crying, mm -hmm. that is, you know, to use some some of the spiritual terminology that we mentioned earlier, and you guys know how I feel about this term, but that the inner child, um, age regression. Mm -hmm. um, and what that is, is that as a part of us that hasn't healed, is wounded, yeah. right? And we've excited the pain in there, mm -hmm. right? We've, we've stoked something. And it, your body, when it's in that, in that situation, it's no different than a child. A baby cries because it's hungry. Mm -hmm. A baby cries because it's, it's, it's got an upset stomach or it didn't get enough sleep, so it's cranky. Mm -hmm. But there's a reason why that baby's crying. And we can easily look at a baby and realize that, oh, we don't punish the baby. We pick up the baby. We try to figure out what it wants through nonverbal communication. It's the exact same approach with the body. Yeah. It's the exact same. The body is a crying baby. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know what the what the baby needs right now. Exactly. And we're not good at it. No. Right? We turn it in. No, I remember always, when you were like, the ask, me, ask yourself who that is when you don't want to work out. And I'm like, <laughs> who are you? And I looked for like a, a big like whip bearing like Thor guy up there and I did and I found a scared little girl scared little girl says I don't want to we haven't moved past this point yet. we haven't we and need to resolve what? this who are you to tell me what to do yeah I got left here so yes. and it worked so you who are you box. exactly yep. and it was then so different to not sit there and explain that it was going to be better it was just easy to kind of swipe her up and work with her just hold her yeah just hold her just her give her a little bit to. of notice yep. even because she didn't exist right. right at all right she hasn't ever been given attention no nope. um so yeah uh we'll, we'll talk about where you're at now but i want to address this comment here karen thank you for tuning in um so karen has a comment here check out outwitting the devil by napoleon hill really really speaks to how negativity and evil influences everyone Karen, that is one of my favorite books. I've listened to it at least half a dozen times. I highly recommend anybody pick that up. You can actually get the full audio book on YouTube. So just uh, uh, type in, it's either, uh, you can type in either Interview with the Devil or Outwit. I was going to ask if that's Interview with the Devil yep. because that blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I already shared this book with Cheryl. Um, mm. 
But guys, that book is freaking phenomenal. It was written in 1938, I believe. At the, it wasn't released until after Napoleon Hill's death, if I remember That's correctly. Bizarre. Fact check me on that. But um, he writes there, and it was considered too controversial to release at the time. But if you listen to it now and compare it to what's been going on, and if you've got a free, oh man, if you've got a free afternoon, go ahead and throw in V for Vendetta, watch that movie, and then watch 1984. Like. Yeah, you you'll be maybe don't do that. I don't know. Wherever the smoking, you're, at, if you're in a good place, doing habits. I was like, yeah, yeah. So right. So basically, the premise of that book is 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 uh, I believe it's Napoleon Hill interviewing the uh, the devil, but it's mm -hmm. fake. But the audiobook is is really good. The written book's good as well, but the audiobook because of the voice of the devil, yeah, yeah, is yeah, freaking crazy. But the things he said, you know. Uh, um, you know, he'd be talking to the guy and the guy wants to know, how do you get your souls? Right. And the devil's like, oh, you silly boy. It's easy. You silly boy. It's easy. I don't go after souls. Yeah. That's what that's what he calls it. My my opposition. He's like, uh -huh. God, my opposition goes after you guys. I don't have to do that. I just wait until you drift. Yeah. Smoke and cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, cigarettes. cigarettes are my my you latest develop trick. Your first habit. Yeah. And then I have you. And then I have, you. and it's like, <gasps> and then this is in 1938. So he says, I believe in the book, it says something like, like by 1950, I'll have one in every two of you smoking these cigarettes. Yes. Oh, it oh. is. Uh, it's, it really puts the spin on how I don't want to be his slave with that. Nope. Made me mad. Yep. Yep. And, but if we look at it, what have we got? We've got a satanic world and and I can say that objectively. Why? Well, just watch it. Watch any music award show. Watch. Um, uh, I forget the name of the the Christmas movie that was out this year. I knew it for a while on Disney Plus. It's a Christmas movie. At the end of it is a bunch of kids dancing around. They're holding up signs, and each each sign has a letter, and it's supposed to spell "I love Santa." Well, it said "I love Satan," and. It, wow. it, it didn't get taken down. It didn't get edited. Someone went through the whole damn thing and edited it, and it stayed in the final cut. So, yeah, it is a satanic world. Yep. And how did we get that way? Drifters, drifters. We encourage mental illness to not get fixed. Yep. We encourage people with mental illness to have a voice and a soapbox and a megaphone. Now, is that a bad thing? No. Let them speak. Let them share their story by all means, please. Mm -hmm. But let's not let's not act like there isn't a diagnosable condition. If someone has a diagnosable mental illness, then we should get them help. They should get themselves help. That's my opinion. Otherwise we drift. And when we drift, <sighs> we're lacking purpose. We're not, we're not staying attuned to our values. And when that happens, guess who gets You lose it? hold of all foundation. And yeah. so nothing has a baseline anymore. Yeah. yeah. And if we look at the essence of Christ's word, if we look at the essence, like what do the red letters say in that book? Yeah. If we look at the essence of that, could it get any more simple than have faith in me, trust in my father and stay true to this. Don't lose faith. Don't drift. How about love your brother as yourself? Yeah. All of that. But how about we learn to love ourselves yes. so that we can love our brothers? Yes. Because absolutely. Loving your brother like yourself for a lot of people would be bad advice because they don't No, nope. great point great point so here we are now cheryl you're i mean <laughs> i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot oh of oh my god it's been amazing this one is just like whoo i just look at it like man you're magic because yeah i mean wow wow but like i knew you would get there but i've but, never met anybody that was willing to look at 
trauma in the body. I mean, you put the, it was amazing how my whole story happened because I had the counselors at first because mm -hmm. I was desperate. Yeah. And so I kind of was learning the whole mental part of it. Sure. And then I did some psychotherapy and I did a lot of reading, which gave me the book learning of it. Yeah. And then just like with the four doctors, he put that piece in and correlated the body also in on that. Yeah. And that was something that I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. It's so simple. Yes. Simple. That's the part that. Nothing difficult. Not a single thing. Not a single thing was hard. No, it was. Yeah. Everything was so complicated. And so there was no seeing yeah. what the, what, and it's like, but deep down, we kind of know what that truth is. We resist it. We resist totally, it. Yeah. Totally. Because we weren't told that. Right. 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 Because there's too we much to be scared We'll never be of. told that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so now through the process, like six months ago, we're scared to look at us, yeah. right? All these stop signs everywhere. Mm -hmm. So we put in some four doctor stuff and the four doctors guys is a uh, something from the Czech Institute where I'm trained. And it's basically the whole premise is you have four doctors that are internal in you. And so long as every one of those doctors is healthy, there is a 95 plus percent chance that you don't need a medical doctor. Right. Mm -hmm. now, I'm not telling you not to see or you, you do your medical thing. None of this is medical advice, but those doctors are the doctor of happiness and fulfillment. That is what is, what is God's purpose for me? What, what are my values surrounding that? And what am I putting in action to actually keep me in alignment with that? Mm -hmm. Right. What is happy making for me? Right. We look at things. I want to do things that make me happy. That's awesome. What's your purpose and what's your values? Well, if you don't know that, good luck being happy. Yeah. So that's Dr. Happy. Then we got Dr. Diet. It's like eat species specific food, real food. Not Going hard. organic was Bingo. like, why didn't anybody yeah. like even my, my doctor goes nice. Yeah. She's always eating organic. And that was mind-blowing also yeah just something just is mind-blowing and it shows you all the hidden things they're doing the devil yes <laughs> is doing you know they're infiltrating us with 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 pesticides rodenticides herbicides fungicides uh they're putting roundup on our food roundup has been proven to be causal for cancer they've lost mil tens of millions of dollars in lawsuits yet the fda still allows it in our food um now we can say shame on you fda or we can say shame on us for following the devil Mm -hmm. we can't blame the devil for being the devil. We can't blame a snake for being a snake. And we, I think all, anybody who's a believer will, it will agree that, yeah, this is, this is Satan's kingdom. Like it's, it, it, it's, it's not God's green earth, but I'm talking everything within it. The matrix, the matrix mm -hmm. is, is Satan's world. And we cannot complain about our participation in the matrix and then getting a, an evil result. Right. It's not the matrix's fault. The matrix does what the matrix does. But you have to step out of it to ever yeah. take that pause to go, huh? Because I think, honestly, I could deal with one at a time before. And so I remember <laughs> when you would like draw me the pictures and balance and stuff. And I was like, and now it's like um, you hold them in their peripheral mm -hmm. and you're here and you can just kind of see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and when, you know, when I don't get my sleep or, you yeah. know, um, but the food has been the biggest thing to actually eat something and feel the nutrition from it. Mm -hmm. The love, the love. I it's... can't believe, I mean, I literally was a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. That's what I had become. We go from eating to fill our belly mm -hmm. to eating to invite something to become a part of us. Yeah. 
is a huge difference. It's a huge difference. Now, if you really think about what you're doing when you're consuming something, you are inviting something to be a part of you because you don't just eat it and poop it out, right? Mm -hmm. It assimilates within you and it replaces cells that have died off. So it becomes a new part of you. And so when you're eating something, form that relationship with it and understand I'm not just chewing, swallowing and pooping. I am inviting something yeah. into my being. And, uh, you know, many cultures pray over their food and, and they're actually uh, welcoming, wel basically welcoming that food into them. Thank you for your sacrifice to the animal and to the plants and um, uh, and the Twinkie tree. Thank you to the sacrifice of the Twinkie tree. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I thank you for all that. I'm inviting you to become a part of me. So it is like a spiritual thing. Food is spiritual. So we've got Dr. Happy. We've got Dr. Diet. We've got Dr. Movement. And movement isn't just about going and abusing yourself, laying in a puddle of sweat. It's really about imbibing the body. It's getting mm -hmm. the... It's an awareness. The it's awareness, such an awareness. The breath moves. The thoughts move. The emotions move. The intuition moves. The messages from source come in and out. Mm -hmm. That's what movement really is. It's not CrossFit. CrossFit's part of movement. I love CrossFit. I'm here. Um, yeah, but you've got me. I mean, where mine can be so quiet, all my husband hears is breathing in there. But... Um, I still come out of it. What's well, what's crazy is if you're tired, you really get relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, dang it. This just does not have the coffee effect. It, like I'm going to have to really sleep, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl's initial workout program was a little Qigong uh, protocol. that was disguised <laughs> as exercises. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, it, but it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome to watch everything unfold in, in real time. Every meeting, every week, it was, it was the like, slow what down. Got? <laughs> it totally worked in all of my life because I remember you saying, the faster you want to go, go slower. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> why do you say these yes. things? And then it was like, oh, it, but then that's the best workout too, right, right. is when I'm wanting to push through it. Totally. totally. And then I just end up, but like I said, you know, if you're, if you're doctor, all the doctors are met. Then I'm like, happy Skippy jump through life. But if I've let one slack, like sleep, yeah. after I'm done working out, I'm like, oh, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> now I'm going to go to, I could take a nappy. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm on a, I'm on a glass of orange juice or something yeah. sugary. You know, you start craving these other things. So you don't get much sleep. Mm -hmm. That's um, exactly. But through the process, it I mean, more or less pretty simple, right? We did the four doctors. Oh, it was, it was ultimately too work, simple. It was the breath too work, simple to believe. Right. Uh, we we tapped into feeling. We did a lot of false core work and personality work, which which was great. Um, but really, it wasn't a whole. I mean, it was just a whole bunch of fun new stuff every week, right? Oh, absolutely, and absolutely. It was discovery. It wasn't just. I mean, sometimes it's honestly hard to go to bed because I get almost excited because what am I going to look at a little different? What adventure am I going to go on? Because there's not those stop signs of yeah. fear. Yeah. And you know, even getting off work at five o'clock I'm like I have to go straight home I don't know why yeah yeah but I'm in a rush to get there and I'm angry and I'm yeah. antsy and now I'm just like you know I'm gonna give everybody their space you know I'm on my way home yeah I'm what gonna get there I'm sitting in the car I'm listening to good music yeah what's the and it was just done I had to almost fight that because yep. it's like no you don't have to be upset and I'm like but it's after five and it's like <laughs> what's this after five thing so everything can be everything that we stop ourselves on can be held up against that um, 
do we need it? Right. Is it benefiting us? Is it spiritually grounded? Yeah. If not, wow. Yeah. How many generations has that been right. in my family? Right. And speaking of generational trauma. So I, I, I remember so many meetings with you where I'm just having this little wry smile because we're talking about purpose. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> Meanwhile, we just spent a half hour talking about you know, how Cheryl on her days off goes down and just hangs out with the homeless people. Mm -hmm. And she's not there to virtue signal, taking pictures, posting them on, yeah. none of that. They're like nobody, unless Cheryl tells you, knows what she does on her spare time. But she is going down there. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the YouTube channel, Soft White Underbelly. But Cheryl lives the soft white underbelly life. She, that, 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 that channel is all about taking people who we would label as down and out. Scary. Fringe Scary. of society. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but a lot of those people have just figured out that we do live in a matrix and they're like, you know what? This fake BS is not for me. Not everybody. You know, there's a lot of mental illness and drug mm -hmm. abuse and, and that happens. But where does that come from, right? But Cheryl lives that. And the Soft White Underbelly channel is, takes those people and literally they just let them talk for like an hour. And, and that's what Cheryl does. She goes down on her on her spare time and she is just getting down with the homeless population here in missoula and just there to love no agenda because i've never known what i'm what i'm doing so it's just to love and be there so how did that start when did it start that started actually about two weeks after i felt my hands after i was first treated for trauma and i had always been irritated to be honest with you with the shelters because nothing was changing Nothing yeah. was changing. Keep it throwing was, money at it. Yeah, it was just nothing. There was no people involved in it. There was no love involved in it. And so how could there be success? So literally, I was driving by one day, and I heard God say in my head, you thought you were living a perfectly normal life. How did these people know any different? And I literally got out of the car and went up to three guys, and I was like, I don't know why I'm here. Uh, but... What do you guys think about a trauma center? I mean, what would you Missoula think about? has no trauma center. Nobody way. hardly has any trauma. Yeah. This is such a new field. I'm like, I didn't Bible thump them. I didn't tell them about treatment. I said, what do you think about us dealing with trauma head on? And it became the common core with every single person I talked to. And it's almost part of my scavenger hunt. When I find it, I'm like, oh, there it is. There it yeah. is. There, I knew it was there. And it's almost like through your own self and finding that trauma and bringing it to light and talking about it brings it up for other people. And I think that's the wisdom in the trauma. I think, you know, there's a belief that when you're baptized, you leave the old man behind, but we have to use that experience to carry forward. And that's what I like about what we're doing is the whole thing is about everybody moving forward. It's yes. not... Um, I'm leaving my family, you know, I mean, everybody has that opportunity. Yes. And, um, I mean, we had, we had several meetings where we, all, all we talked about the whole meeting, it was like, what you figured or what you figured out this week and what I figured <laughs> yeah. out this week. And, and then we'd talk about the homeless and we talk about your office and yeah. we just talk about all kinds they of stuff. They teach me so very much. And I think that was my biggest misconception is that these people need us when it's not that way at all. We kind of all need each other. 
Yes. And, and these stories are so amazing. I mean, because when you think somebody is so scary and you don't, I mean, you don't break their space or anything, but you just make yourself available. Sure. I would just walk around. I didn't know why I didn't belong there. Yeah. People are like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, who do you represent? I don't know. Just me, God. Um, and so just from being in that place, you can watch people walk closer to you, not talk to you, walk a little bit closer to you. Um, and they want what you have. They can yeah. feel it. Yeah. And so you just, you just go down there on the weekend, no agenda. Nope. And you just show up. Well, by now they all know you. A lot of them do. Yeah. Yeah. But when you show up and maybe there isn't a bunch of people that know you, like what's your icebreaker? What do you, what do you tell these people? Cause they're probably, they're probably, they're probably how a little you, skeptical. How are you today? Ah, I look okay. into their eyes and I think that's the biggest thing because when I was so sick, I wasn't heard anymore and I lost my voice and to mm. be in that kind of pain and feeling so alone, it was no wonder suicide was coming to head, my head. Yeah. And yeah. so then it was like, oh my God, what would it be like to have not one person? And a lot of these kids that I adopt are, are products of the foster system. Yeah. And so there is never that one person just a, you want to go to a movie, right? You want joy, take somebody who's 50 years old and who's never been to a concert. Wow. It's or how about a movie theater? Since we've have movie theaters with reclining seats. Yeah. I mean, that is the secret to it. Just like we worked together, you didn't just ever tell me what to do. You shared with what you were. And I was like, no way. No way. Because I was like, oh, God. Look at him. He's like, he looks like he's been talking. He looks like serious hell. And, but you shared your normalcy. And I think that brings us all strength in um, because you just don't realize the lady I helped today, a single mom. And I'm like, you know, if you, one would have outdone me. I could barely do it with one. So if you could do it with two or you did it with two halfway before you collapsed, more to you because yeah. that was more than I could have done. Yeah. So it's just, it's been amazing to see how, I guess the secret was with me was spending time with me, but also the secret is sharing us with others. Right. And not just the outer us, not the us throwing money. But to sit back and every person, the first three months I was there almost blatantly would say, but you probably don't have time to listen. Oh, and I'm like, actually, that's oh. why I'm here. And it's been and that's what we do is we talk. What have they taught you? They've taught me that they probably a majority of them. Yes, there is a lot of mental illness, but I think the trauma is behind it. I really yes. do because every one of them, that has been the common denominator with yes. every single one of them. How many of them are not being heard, not being seen? Not 100%. Being and I don't even know that we know we're doing it. Yeah. We're yeah. just so checked out ourselves that. What are the effects you see of all this money being thrown at them? Um, they're not seeing it. They're not seeing it. They're not money. seeing no. it. No. But and there's a lot of money being thrown at the homeless problem here in Missoula. What, what are you seeing as a result in on ground level? Nothing. There's been no, they need people. Yeah. Now I'm seeing or the community come together, which this is oh, a, that's awesome. a community problem. This yeah. isn't anything just like we talked about our purpose. There is no way I think you can 
just sit there and throw all your money into a coffee can and expect that one coffee can to support everything. Right. Because that's what's made our relationship growing as you've shared with me where you were. And it's so much fun sharing every little adventure discovery and not to have someone to share that with. Mm. And it's just the, um, the conversation, the ever, the subtlety. So they need a voice. The subtlety of, you know, we're driving in traffic and somebody flies past me and I have to keep myself in check first Yeah. because they're watching every move. They're not right. listening. They're watching every right. move. And if you're a hypocrite, means nothing. Game it's over. Totally just shut the book. Game over. And so it's also being willing for me to, ex- to learn from them. And that's what they were. They, they were so much stronger than I wished I was. Yeah. You know, because they're willing to stand up and go, I'm not buying into this crap. Yep. Yep. I've been lied to. I've been hurt. Yep. This doesn't work. And whereas when I first went in there, I thought, okay, woohoo. Then I was like, wait a minute. They didn't need a pandemic. The pandem- woohoo needs to go on the other side. Yeah. yeah. They didn't need a pandemic to realize the world was screwed no, up. No, they didn't. The rest of us did, right? Yeah. We were in denial. I knew the world was screwed up, but that pandemic hit and it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of other explanation behind this besides a whole bunch of bullshit. And if you don't want anything to complain about in your life, go down there because, right. let's see, not not getting in line for my coffee, that made me really upset. Oh, yeah. Not not getting my package on time. Yeah. I, you know, I was upset on the way down here mm-hmm. because I had booked a call mm-hmm. with this tech company who was going to show me how to use some software because mm-hmm. I'm so good at tech as you guys could probably tell but uh-huh. all my content is just so top notch <laughs> um, so but I was upset because I booked it for 130 but I swore I booked it for 115 and I was like well I can't do 130 because I already have a 130 uh-huh. great now I've got to click this link and I've got to reschedule yeah. oh poor me stop sign stop sign stop sign poor stop. me yeah, yeah yeah poor me oh geez oh geez you know and I didn't even think it was affecting me. And then I walk, I go, I go uh, to, you know, get here, you know, and I hear I am like, oh crap. I'm like a minute early, but I got to pee crap. Yeah. You know, we got to start this podcast and our secretary, Ginger, she's wonderful. She met me on the way out. She was going somewhere and she actually called me. Cheryl was right there. Uh-huh. She calls me. She's like, are you okay? You weren't yourself. And I was like, oh God, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting down. I was like, what was that? I was like, stupid link. Yeah, I know. And here we are. But look how big it got. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Just got blown on that fire. Um, Yep. Well, you've got me. You've got me more than interested in this this homeless situation. And and um, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. We can all do together. Voice. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we're gonna see what we can do about that. Um, I know there's something we can do. Trauma. We need our trauma center. Yep. We need our trauma center. We need these people to be able to express themselves. I don't care if you're homeless or in a mansion. I don't care if you haven't had a job for 20 years or if you've been gainfully employed for the last 55 plus years. It doesn't matter. You are an expressive being and you are put here to express yourself. And we live in a traumatizing world. We live in a traumatizing world. Wow. If we never look at that, how it, how it just puts up all those stop signs Mm -hmm. and yeah. And it's not, and bad to look at, as I thought. Once again, it was that look at it. big mountain. It's there for a like, reason. You stupid fake thing. Yeah. You know, scenery. It's like the scenery in the old fifties movies that yeah. you could just knock over. The yeah, mountain. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly, That's exactly what it's, like. it's facade. 
it's a facade we put on. 100%. Up. Yep, yep. And uh, meanwhile, here we are looking at whatever our little stop sign is, but there's people that climb Mount Everest on purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wim Hof climbed it in his underwear uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and sandals, if I remember right. Um, so here you are now. You're, you're still spending your time helping others. You're, you've actually made some moves and calling your circle with people that you previously looked for looked at for guidance in life and you realize they weren't what you thought they were. Right. Um, and it wasn't, it, it kept me in that, it kept me locked up. Yeah. And that's not what love is. That's I what mean, authority does I, too. I have seen love in motion now. I mean, I'm not doing anything to change these people. I'm not rolling in the dough. So I ain't handing out money left and right. It's called a ride maybe down to help you get your food stamps. Yeah. Cause you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. It took three hours. No, yeah. I didn't want to do it. Now, how but much, maybe we changed some things but today. Look what you did. You actually helped somebody within the homeless population. Actually helped them. We conquered a, a mountain. Millions and millions and millions of dollars could not. Yeah. Mil I mean, yeah, we walked together. She's amazing. Every yeah. one of them. And shared her trauma with me. That's the other thing is when you keep it out there and open, people are like drawn to it. Mm -hmm. They're attracted to it. It's yeah. like the guy who's out talking about AA or NA. People know to go to him, but with the trauma, everyone comes to you. Everyone. They can just sense it. I'll, there'll be times where there's just people standing around, and it's like, but I hear, I love you. Yesterday, Tully, one of our guys, doesn't use, he has been infamous for giving people rides. Infamous. So I see him yesterday, and he's walking into the gas station, and he's smiling, he's looking up at the sky, and I laid on the horn, scared the crap out of him. And he came over and he was smiling and he said, I just took a gal over to sober living. She finally got in and she's been doing everything that she needed to get this right. And he was right there. And to see him being able to share in, in each other's joy in that situation, because they have more love than we see out here walking down the street. Yeah. And everything you're mentioning, everything you're mentioning, these are opportunities we have every single day mm -hmm. to witness to be aware of and to participate in. Oh yeah. Yeah. How easy is it to ignore all those because we're not tuned into the, the Holy spirit within us. Yep. We're not tuned into our purpose. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. And we get home and we just can't understand why our life is unfulfilled. Yeah. We don't take the opportunities. Um, and we're all guilty of it. Like I, I'd be lying if I said I take advantage of every opportunity I could to fulfill myself. Well, and that's what's been nice, too, is with getting to know myself, there's also been that awareness of some healthy boundaries that I never, right. I never had. And so there's that honesty of, I can't carry your journey, nor yeah. is it going to benefit you if I do. Yeah. I, I, rip it, I rip you off yeah. if I steal your journey. And so, yeah, there's that, um, that connection there that I just, um, I think it just kind of seals the deal. Yeah. It really does. So some of you guys have been wondering about some of these words that I like to use in my content, individuation, integration, false core, you know, that type of stuff. Like, if you're not sure what that is, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. it. Took someone that was, was dependent on other people's approval or running on someone else's so much. stop signs or a worldview or someone saying, this is how you form a relationship with God. This is how you honor your relationship with God. Talk to those people, not those people. Yeah. Sit next to him, not to sit next to her. Why are they different? Why are they so much mm -hmm. different, better than me? Mm -hmm. I mean. That's a non-individuated person. That's someone stuck in the child archetype. And 
Cheryl has blossomed into the wounded healer archetype, a bunch of um, um, uh, hermit was in her past, mm -hmm. but now there's this open blooming flower. Um, uh, a jack of all trades is emerging an emperor empress archetype is emerging here. And, and um, I think about this often, but when we first started, you know, if we, if we look at like, Eastern philosophy, mm -hmm. the elemental charts, the alchemy charts. And um, for those of you that believe that stuff is nefarious or satanic, I apologize. I strongly disagree. I'm not going to get into that debate here. But um, at that phase, Cheryl was in what we call the dragon phase. The dragon phase. So the dragon phase is the phase of transformation. But it's also our yang energy. And so if there's too much dragon then we burn everything else up. So our, mm -hmm. our fire for life, our fire to achieve, our fire to manifest our purpose or to optimize ourselves gets overexpressed. Yep. We're not using our grounding. We're not using our ability to ascend or transcend situations. We're not using our ability to play around and have some fun. Mm -hmm. We're not using our ability to stalk our prey and to be calculated about our next pounce. So all that happens in, in, in this particular example when someone is overly yang overly burning in their transformation but you have you have come full circle you've you've gotten your bear you've become grounded you've um let your eagle ascend and mm -hmm. and take those those natural elements within your personal soil right. those this mineral and that mineral and this mineral and, and create this inner gold within you mm -hmm. which gives you permission to be playful Yes, which gives you everything you need to be able to quote unquote stalk your prayer, be strategic about your life. Yeah, that is the big difference. It, in all in six months. Um, oh, it's amazing! It's it is beyond. When amazing. I was working out this morning, I was like, "Oh, look at that smooth breath!" It's like I like discovered three new chambers in my lungs or something. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, that breath is just good. Yeah, so good. So it just keeps changing, and so." It causes you to, yeah, this playfulness that goes, that I can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what else can I do? Yeah. Um, well, I thank you for joining me today, and I thank you for sharing your story. It's it's inspires me daily. Um, if there's one thing that you could share with, with the audience, mm -hmm. maybe there's somebody in a situation now where they're stuck in their own box. Maybe their dragon is burning everything up in their life, mm -hmm. and they don't know why they're exhausted, why they're not happy. What would you say to somebody that is looking for answers, looking for solutions? What is something you could tell them that might give them some hope, give them some inspiration? Trust a little bit in your gut because um, it was. My gut told me to call you and I did. And I was like, just do it now before you talk yourself out of it. And I knew I would. And so um, I did it. And it's just go slow into it and, and try trusting just mm. give trusting a try because literally I've been just surrounded by, you know, so much of people's, not just trust of me, but just trust of themselves. I mean, we don't know, we don't know what we're doing. We are just, I don't even think I knew what I was chasing. I wasn't, I was looking for little specifics. Yeah. Whereas now I've gone back. Yeah, all the way to the beginning to where now I see the trauma in my family and it makes so much sense. I mean, I was born in the box. It was always safer to hide. And that's how I came into the world.
but it also takes the blame out of out of any past generations because just like when I drove by Johnson Street, how are you supposed to know any different if trauma really just puts us off just that little skip, that bit of perception? Yeah. How do we even know? And so it's just um, when you get that awareness, put it up against the biblical challenge, but yeah. challenge that fear. Yeah. Because it almost feels good to kind of lean on it now. Just kind of yeah. push up against it. Let's yeah. See what it's doing. If it's not necessary and it's not going to push back, I get rid of it now. Because it's like, wow, you have no, no, um, deservance to have any of my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just giving people space for theirs. Yep. I remember that was one of the first things you said to me. Is we can just give them space for their feelings, and that is so much easier than trying to go we need to figure out what's going on with Darius. Yeah, we need to fix him. Yeah, because all that is is not wanting to fix ourselves. Not wanting to fix ourselves, yeah. Yeah, and we think we did something wrong by the way Jerry's acting. Yeah, yeah exactly. So something wrong with me, so I need to fix Jerry so I don't feel like there's anything wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it really is almost that simple. All right, Cheryl, well, thank you so much. And guys, I thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm going to check here, see if we got any more comments. Karen, um, I have a copy with me, but can't, yeah, can't attach it. I got you, Karen. So guys, I put this in the comments here. Just click on the uh, click on the link. That is a link, direct link to the uh, um, Outwitting the Devil book by Napoleon Hill. It's very entertaining. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I'm just I'm just gonna sign off. I'm just gonna say bye. This is the point where I'm supposed to tell you if you need help, you know, reach out to me. If you want a similar journey to you know, whatever, but we're going to skip that. Just go forward. We're going to skip that. I just want you guys to let this soak in. And I want you guys to find a part of your journey that matches Cheryl's story and say, do I have the strength that Cheryl did? And I know you do. Oh yeah. Cause I had none. Yeah. I you had got none. it. You got it. You were born with it. And how we can really make this world, how life is supposed to be beautiful. Yeah. I remember emailing you and asking you, if life was okay, if we're really allowed to feel this good. Yeah. Yep. Because, yeah, there's another false stop sign. Yep. Yep. You feel good? That's selfish. Yep. Some people, that's essence. That's mm -hmm. essence. And some people are scared by essence. And uh, it's understandable. It's understandable. We haven't known any that. Yeah. But I thank everybody for tuning in. And uh, I hope you found value in this. And I hope it spoke to you in some way, shape, or form. If you feel compelled to do so, please share this with somebody that you feel would benefit from it, find value in it. And uh, as always, any questions, comments, uh, you can always find me on DM. You can always reach out to me direct, 406-241-3763. Leave something in the comments. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. All right. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Much love. Okay. And one more comment here with Sherry. Thank you for sharing your spiritual and physical journey, Cheryl. Incredible for Sherry. Thank you, Sherry. Sherry is an abundant source of love and support. What a wonderful person. Sherry, nice. I appreciate everything. All your support. You're awesome. All right, guys. Peace, much love, and live well.